We're continuing our discussion today on what differentiates a senior engineer from a more junior engineer. As we disclaimed in the last episode, this is not a specific requirement uh, that a given company would have. Right? This, these are not based on some kind of standard because our industry doesn't really have a specific standard that every company follows. We don't have any kind of regulatory licensing or anything like that. That's not uh, to say that you can't go and get some kind of license or uh, some kind of certification, but ultimately uh, your leveling in the company that you're in is going to be based on whatever that company's policy is, whatever they have adopted, because this industry isn't really regulated by an external governing body, at least in the United States. That's the that's the case. I'm not sure if that's true everywhere, but generally speaking, uh, titles are, you know, kind of fluid in the software development industry. But that said, for most of the more senior roles that I've ever encountered in my career, most of the job descriptions that you'll see, most leadership or tech lead roles that you'll find, they're going to benefit from what we talk about in these episodes. Because this is not just a list of skills, it's not a list of you know black and white qualifications. These are behaviors that set you apart as a senior engineer. Right? These are behaviors that set you apart. In the last episode, we talked about taking your pers- uh, your perception or your perspective of a situation from static, which would be a more junior perspective, to dynamic, which is a more senior perspective. And we talked about the three-axis model. If you missed that, go back and listen to it. I encourage you, uh, if you're interested in growing as an engineer, that's a good episode to start with if you're just coming to the show. But in today's episode, I want to discuss another trait, another trait of a senior engineer. And this is another simple perspective shift, a simple perspective shift that you can make today. All right, so you probably know that your job, your career is highly correlated on your ability to produce value. Your ability to use your skills, use your talent, use your, uh, your energy to produce something valuable. But this is usually where junior engineers stop. They spend all of their energy and their existing skills to try to produce as much value as possible, as much value as they can in a given window of time. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with this approach, but it leaves a lot on the table if you always do it this way. Specifically, your career is not just directly correlated. It's not a one-to-one correlation with the value that you produce. It is arguably just as affected by your ability to translate that value to someone who cares. In other words, value doesn't exist in a vacuum. You can't just produce something that you believe is valuable and close your eyes and wish that that's going to result in something good for you. Your ability to communicate that value to some audience that matters, this is a critical part of your career. We're going to talk about some basic communication theory here because Your career is going to be moderated by your ability to uh, effectively 
produce a message, send that message to the right receiver in a way that the message is received as valuable. In other words, your uh, potential in your career, this is for most cases, not every case, right? Uh, We don't live in a perfectly fair system uh, that treats everybody exactly the same and rewards everybody exactly the same. But your job uh, and your career is heavily dependent on your ability to tell what your value is to the right people. So the basic communication theory, right? This, this is very important for you to understand both for this case and for many other, uh, many other situations that you'll encounter in your life and your career. Basic communication model uh, consists of a sender and one or more receivers, right? This is the fundamental concept is you have a message. You as the sender, you formulate the message. You use some medium to translate that message from you, the sender, to a receiver. The receiver optionally will provide feedback to your message. Uh, this is a response uh, that is directly uh, you know, kind of triggered by whatever that original message is, which acts as uh, kind of a message on its own. It's a, is a return message, and it's through a medium as well. Finally, in that medium, uh, whatever that medium is, there will be some kind of noise. And this model of interaction or messaging model is kind of a reciprocal or or a a cyclic model. You send a message, you get feedback that acts as a new message, which then itself gets feedback and it continues on like that. This isn't the first time we've talked about uh, communication theory, but it's critically important for this uh, discussion because we're not just talking about you know, a a, uh, message that you might give your manager in a one-on-one. Really, we're talking about a more systematic message. How do you present yourself so that your value is clearly demonstrated? Part of that messaging model, which is likely the most underserved or, or forgotten part of the messaging model, is the encoding and the decoding. You as the sender you are encoding information. Now, this information for you is somewhat raw. You know what the information means. You were present for you know, the, the actions that you took as an engineer, maybe the, the thing that you created. And so all of that experience, you're trying to encode into some kind of compressed format. For example, a bullet point list of what you did in the last six months. And this encoding doesn't just have one kind of output. Certainly, it doesn't just result in words that you write uh, for a performance review or something. It may also uh, be encoded into your behaviors uh, as a part of kind of an overall messaging strategy that you have. But let's keep it simple. You're encoding a message about your performance over the last six months. It may result in that bullet point list. It gets sent across some kind of medium. Maybe it's uh, the platform that you use for these kinds of reviews. And then the, uh, the receiver of this match is they're going to decode it. So they may look at this bullet point list and try to extrapolate out in their minds what exactly it means. How does this translate to value for the company? Or how does this translate to growth for you as an engineer or 
their belief that you may be able to step up a level in your career. So all of this encoding and decoding can change the message pretty significantly. And as it turns out, the majority of communication problems happen because of the encoding and the decoding. The other thing that may happen is the noise that may be introduced could be poorly attributed to you. That is, something about the way that the message gets translated to the receiver uh, could change the message itself or could change the way that the receiver uh, decodes it because it's been uh, kind of uh, uh, mutated by whatever environment it was in. A good example of this is, in fact, performance reviews. If your manager has read five or ten other summaries of people's work, they may start to see this bullet point list as just another one of the same. This means that the effectiveness of your communication may suffer from that noise, the environmental noise, uh, the context in which your message was sent. So this episode is not a tutorial in how to send the correct message so that your career will grow. Uh, That would be too much of a complicated topic to cover in this episode of the podcast. But the important thing to recognize here is that just by thinking about this model, just by recognizing that the value that you produce in your career doesn't stand on its own, you have some responsibility to communicate that value so that the value can be recognized properly. So it can be attributed properly so that you can actually grow in your career as a result of the value that you've generated. These are loosely correlated events and your responsibility is to manage that messaging so that the value gets tied correctly. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Developer T. Hopefully this was a valuable concept to you. Uh, Maybe you'll think about your next performance review a little bit differently Uh, your next status update with your team, your next stand-up, your next retro, uh, all of these messages that you create to your colleagues, to your manager, whatever uh, the situation is, these are opportunities for you to generate that, uh, that narrative of value for yourself. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this discussion, please leave a review in iTunes. We don't ask you to do that very often, but if you haven't done it yet, and I know there are thousands of you who have not, Uh, leaving a review in iTunes or in another platform, uh, a podcast platform is incredibly helpful to, uh, help the, help the show continue to reach new engineers who've never heard of us. Uh, that's one great way to help out. If you'd like to take the conversation one step further, you can do that in two ways. One, you can just talk about it with another engineering friend of yours. Uh, they don't really even have to be an engineer, somebody that you think, uh, could benefit from the conversation. Having that discussion is going to help you uh, kind of embed this knowledge a little bit deeper and help you understand how you relate to it uh, rather than just taking it wholesale and moving on. So I encourage you to have that conversation. Another way you can do that is to join the Developer T Discord community. Head over to developerT.com slash Discord to join totally free today. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, enjoy your tea.